You're listening to Boys Don't Cry with Russell Kane, brought to you by Joe. Hello, welcome to Boys Don't Cry. I'm Russell Kane. It's the podcast where I get two guys together and force them to talk about the things that girls are always nagging us to talk about. Why don't men talk about stuff like this? Well, it happens on here. But I noticed straight away that when men get together and do that, they immediately start making assumptions. Well, do you know what? That's because women are like this. So we've had to also (laughs) add a lady auditor for each episode. Today's lady auditor is AJ Adudu. Such a lady. Yeah, she is a lady. Thank you. Uh, And my panel, I mean, I'm so buzzing today. I've got former England rugby star, Ugo Monye. Welcome. Thank you very much. And also, I've got Dr Alex George with me. Well, Love Island heartthrob, although heartthrob yeah. could be a sign of atherosclerosis. Yeah. And, yeah, yeah. <laughs> or an impending heart attack, of course, but I'm not in that situation right now. So uh, we were, I was having a think in the week about what to talk about with you guys, and I, I've got so many subjects that I, I know people keep messaging me about, Dude, why have you not done pornography? Why have we done sexual confidence, the mm. stuff that men are obsessed with? However, it would be criminal not to talk about health illness and injury given the two connoisseurs on the subject I've got here one a receiver one a chef yeah. <laughs> not a chef what you like I have the Ebola if you like <laughs> um, so I'm convinced there is a gender divide on this subject women are as bad at it as men are saying oh men you know men have man flu women have a higher pain threshold and all the stereotypes today I want to get to the bottom are the stereotypes are there gender differences do we deal with pain and injury in a different way are we more or less hypochondriac than the other sex but first of all Ugo I think we need to address the lack of elephant in the room you don't look like the elephant man <laughs> AJ just before we started recording oh yeah no honestly, ask the question. I've got a question for you okay. and that question is why doesn't your face look bashed up yeah, you, know, like, you don't have cauliflower ears all of these traits that like hey, bro, rugby players stereotype. do have she stereotype. said you didn't tackle you a coward you know what he's a very excellent winger and basically what they do is just wait for the ball to arrive and just you know, they just sit around most of the game they catch right. the ball and they just score the try so you don't get stuck in well you get stuck in you just don't get stuck in like some of the other guys who you kind of would see with the qualifier and do you know what cauliflower ear is what so if you ever had a dead leg or a dead arm or something so you get a bit of bruising so that swelling is just like a pocket of fluid so if you could imagine your ear getting hit it develops a pocket of fluid the reason why it becomes deformed is because it gets hit 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 never any chance to recover and it just goes hard so it's a complete deformity we are <laughs> slaves to the game apart from you though how have you dodged this you might not be able to see it but if my research is correct, in oh, 2012, you were fully knocked out in South Africa, weren't you? Oh, my What happened? Days. No, really? Oh, so... See? Men have real injuries. Yeah. Actually. Okay. I've had injuries, okay, so just the ones we can see, and that's not because okay. I'm not... Like, he had broccoli head. It's I had broccoli head, yeah. <laughs> my head was fully, like, flopped off. Yeah. <laughs> what happened? Um, so I was playing a game, so we toured in South Africa, and South Africans are the most physical team in the world. So I'm they do pl- love to see a diverse English team, don't they? <laughs> they do. They absolutely love us coming over. No history there at all. Yeah, all getting on. Hey, that's what it. do you mean you do a friends? This is not appropriate. Anyway, let's leave them. So I'm playing this game. Yeah. I made a break. I got tackled from behind. Someone ankle tapped me, and the guy in front of me, I end up falling over and smacking my head onto his knee and getting knocked out. <gasps> Immediately. Yeah, I was clean out. I was in. I was snoring. 
had my head down. I was just uh, eating turf or snoring. So yeah, I mean. And did you but, wake up in hospital or in in just? I woke up. I woke up in a change room to lads like filming me. <laughs> this oh, is like, brilliant. Right, now this is what, the problem is. Now we get to the first gen. This is a serious injury. You've just been knocked out, and everyone's like, "AJ, if you went to play because you're quite sporty, if you went to do like a tough mudder with your girlfriends in the week, and you slipped over and smashed your head and knocked out, would you be woken up to the girls going, "AJ, you're out cold. No, we flopped one of your boobs out. We drawn a knife out. It wouldn't happen. That would not. That's not sexist for me to say. That is a difference between men and women, right? I think you're right. Women are immediately concerned. My friends would be like, "Oh my gosh, we need to get an ambulance. We need to call the doctor." I'd have phone calls days later, being like, but "What would you is be happening?" Disappointed. There was no video evidence of you slipping. <laughs> Because no. I was quite thrilled when I saw the video, I saw the footage, I was like, let, let me bring in Dr. Alex here. <laughs> now, I'm a bit of a science nerd, right? So I'm always trying to show off, even though I've got a literature degree. But there is a lot of <laughs> evidence that what's going on there isn't just lads with a camera phone. That humour, goodwill, might actually have a healing aspect. For example, mm. if you take two lads of equal height, equal health, both have the head injury, one wakes up alone, no one giving a toss. The other one wakes up with the lads filming and going, here we go, you were out. There is evidence, right, that the lads surrounded by the banter is more likely to have a positive outcome. Explain that to us. Well, I think a lot of it's to do with the fact that, you know, if you've got people around you encouraging, saying, look, you're going to be fine, be fine, you're literally a positive mental attitude, you can try and get you over that. How can that link to the organism itself? Yeah, I mean, it's it's an interesting one, isn't it? Mm. I wonder if we actually can even explain that properly, because, Mm. yeah, how do you make that connection? But it's it's certain that, you know, if you have the right attitude, you can get over injuries. If you look at people that have very serious injuries, maybe they've had a fracture of their leg and had an operation, you'll have one person who's kind of, I don't want to push it, want to push it and then maybe the other person who they're like come on let's get out this and the people around them like come on you get better get stronger and, and actually they make a recovery much quicker and i think a lot of it is the psychological but do you actually it- recover or do you just think that you've recovered because you have this positive mental attitude yeah. the placebo effect proves it if i was to hand out sugar pills to a receptive audience and go those of you with migraines we shouldn't even be giving you this this pill is a new migraine treatment it cures migraine in 30 minutes it might have the side effects you might get a pain in your ankle but it could you migrate a percentage of that room would go, my migraine's healed, but my ankle, man, what's happening? They would feel it, yeah. and their migraine would go. Absolutely. So it would indicate Absolutely. that there's something in this lad thing that girl, girls don't necessarily have as much. Mm. You have the kit that might be there. Let's light an aromatherapy candle and talk about your illness. <laughs> <laughs> lads, like, you're on the floor. Wanker. I feel yeah. well. Thanks, lads. <laughs> a part of it, I think, I wonder part of it's though, actually, that you feel like, because everyone's around you saying you, you should be fine, that you think, yeah. I, I really should be fine, I should get on with this. Because I think, interestingly, like, I'm sure there's been times where you played rugby where have you been knocked out with momentarily and then you've woken up and felt a bit concussed? Because concussion's a hot topic within rugby, Yeah, concussion it? is a massive one, but on the pos- positive mental attitude, I couldn't agree more. I've recovered from injuries when I've been desperate to play in matches. I remember in 2012, my club had its first ever premiership final. And five weeks before that, I ended up tearing my hamstring almost off the bone. And that was me like, I was done. There's no way I was going to heal. There's no way I was going to heal. And do you feel like a sort of a manly pressure that you have to rejoin in? Like you're not letting the team down. Like you've got to get back on the pitch. Yeah, completely. Because I remember after I did it, I was actually in the physio room and I was was crying. I was devil because I knew the Premiership final was gone. But I also didn't want to miss the opportunity. Five weeks later, I played in the Premiership final. I played the whole 80 minutes. And then I did research afterwards. I had 70% strength in my hamstring, which I'd injured. Mm. And my right one was completely cool. 
Had I known that beforehand, I don't think I'd have been able to do it. But because I was so motivated, so willing to, and I've got the coach and I've got the lad, mate, we need you. I didn't ever want to let him down. So yeah. you almost force yourself into positions. So you would risk your career for the sake of going out there and... It's yeah, always it's hands hands it? If you think, if you think like that, you know, in that scenario, you could, is it also a risk that if you push yourself too soon exactly. to really go back and... That's what I mean, you, you still do this. You know, you but can't. in a sporting environment, you're not ever thinking yeah. about tomorrow. You don't live for tomorrow. I, I was living for today. And if pushing it too hard meant that I re-injured myself at least I knew I'd given it everything that I needed mm. so there is that pressure there's the pressure on yourself and it's different in like I think in elite sport because I would have hated to have been sat on the bench thinking oh I could have been out there even mm. with a bad hammer does that come back to that thing that's fed to little boys more than girls when you're a kid you know don't be a yeah. I've inverted comma around it guys don't be a pussy man get up back and carry, get back on, on, yeah. the carry on man up get back on the pitch was it it's, it's put into us quite it's a very kids. fine line mm. because if you think there's some positive aspects but also like I think what would concern me it, and does concern I think a lot of healthcare professionals within rugby is that we know concussion can actually have some long term serious effects you, you, when you get knocked out your brain has been hit so hard you literally your neurons kind of reset they've gone well this is too much system reboot um, and actually if you think the attitude of oh I've just been knocked out can't I carry on you know I don't yeah. let the lads down come on one of the boys and you play on with this and you get another injury in the same match another head injury it's actually very serious yeah. That's why girls do better than boys at school. Yeah, yeah, they're allowed fun. to be injured. Sit yeah. here, baby, begin recovering your princess tint. Whereas, like, get back out there. <laughs> academic grades drop. Well, no, it's, it's, come on, AJ, mm. you've got to admit, I'm as lefty, there is no gender difference trying to bring the genders together more than anyone you know. Mm. But here, there is a gulf between how the genders deal with injury, right? Definitely. I mean... I've got Nigerian parents, so it is a little bit different because they just... Go on, tell us. I'm, I'm just, the cultural aspect. Like, honestly, my Nigerian... I mean, you probably heard from your accent you were Nigerian anyway. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So you can just tell. It's not African, right? <laughs> so African. Whatever I'm in Lagos. <laughs> the fish and chips are amazing. <laughs> but genuinely, African parents are notoriously tough on their children. Right. Did um, you get here as a kid? Yeah, you know, it's just one of those... It, you know, part of... I was disciplined and I, it was always explained to me right this is why you're getting a smack this is what you've done wrong to deserve this punishment etc etc and I've got five brothers my five brothers would fall over and cry and my mum would say exactly the same thing to the girls and oh, so right. internally in my home environment I've never grown up around that okay boys aren't allowed to cry but girls are in our house no one was allowed to and, cry and yeah, when I, yeah when I, I you had a documentary on in the week manhunting with my mum I was shocked because <laughs> you, you meet Nigerian women and they're like they're like the queens of the house you don't mess with them and yet when I watched that documentary it was like something from the middle ages you're like kneeling before the men you have to serve the men the dinner and I was, I was, there was a real yeah. disconnect between what you're saying now about the women are just as tough as the men mm. but that overriding patriarchal culture was still there that's quite confusing yeah. growing up isn't it yeah well again my mum wasn't so you know set in those roles you know being in the UK she didn't kneel to my dad <laughs> or anything like that and that you know there are these patriarchal roles in Nigeria that are still upheld 
till today. That said, in other parts of Nigeria, Uptown Lagos, for example, Uptown. the very big... Uptown Lagos. Lagos. I love that song by Billy Joel. It's amazing. Uptown Lagos. Downtown Abeja. Yeah, clear that. Um, but you know, they're more with the times. There's a, more of an equal footing for men and women. So come on then. I, 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 it's a different era. How? Mm. Were you smacked? Was it clipped around the leg? Let's let's go around the panel. Shit, and I find this interesting done. because I said, "Did you get hit as a kid?" And automatically you went, "No, I got disciplined." Yeah. Yeah. So the next person. They took a beating. Like I know how I got disciplined at home. Well, let's let's like, talk about what 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 discipline did you get? Anything that was at arm's reach, <laughs> reach, I got hit with it. A wooden spoon. It could be an electric cord. It could be anything. Seriously, but honestly, how many brothers sisters? What's the? I've setup? got two brothers, two sisters. There's five of us, and we all got hit, beat, whatever. But actually, at home, we understood it as just discipline. Mm. Today, and did they convert the beating afterwards? Like, <laughs> 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 I'm now going to kick you through the H as well. Yeah. Like, well, well, it's a straight yeah. beating, but it's funny considering our mm. backgrounds. We're both Nigerian, funnily enough. Yeah. Um, we consider that as discipline, but actually, so actually, when we're talking about injuries and um, the different sexes and the viewpoints on it, I think it comes down to perspective. Yeah. Because for you, it's discipline. For me, it's discipline. But for today, else. I went, I've got a daughter. She's eighteen months old. I mean, she's too young to even know what's going on. I'm not going to start hitting her, but <laughs> no one report me. But she's under two, do you know what I mean? She's like, yeah, way too early. Two and a half. She's, yeah, she's tar- getting target it. on the back. I'll <laughs> give you a five second head start. <laughs> <laughs> I just would never. Do you know what I just would never implement that kind of discipline today. So, so it's generational. I, I think so. Well, Alex, Alex like now, I, I, you talk very fondly about your parents. Mm. You talk quite a sweet, close relationship mm. with them. It's a sort of genteel, middle-class existence. I can't imagine them maybe coming after you, I don't know, with a, a pair of galoshes or... Yeah, I think it's very rare. I think done. sometimes Bob <laughs> would lose it and chase around the saucepan. Not, never actually the intention of... Uh, yeah. It's it just like, you're you're in trouble kind of thing. But no, I mean, I've smacked once or twice, but very, very rarely. And I think... What, it's your mum or your dad? Because there is a difference. Mum, generally, mum. What's interesting now is actually that I've got a younger brother who's ten years younger than me, and the way he used discipline is very different. Like, he, mm. would, he definitely would never be smacked at all yeah. and they very much talk through things with him and say look this is this is why you shouldn't do that but I think when I was younger it was like right you've done that wrong and I think you're right I think it is kind of slightly generational I think yeah, things definitely. are changing and the way that we approach things the way society views discipline has definitely. changed I guess I'm slightly interested AJ do you reckon it made you harder mm. and I mean like being able to deal with stuff when you went to school we're still talking about injuries all the rest of it that whole get up and just get over it do you reckon mm. it made you harder because yeah. of that honestly I really do because say for example name calling at school I've heard this at home from my own parents so it's sort <laughs> of like yeah got that uh, rejection <laughs> you know in TV to this day still get rejected for jobs left right and centre been rejected at home so it's like jobs are good um, and I just feel like I feel like no one can come at me because I'm like I've had this from my own parents and they've really toughened me up is it as like a an, inoc- an emotional inoculation would that be a thing <laughs> yeah, maybe, that, maybe that's what it is I, don't know. I think what's interesting if you look at people from different backgrounds regardless of whether maybe they were disciplined physically or mm. they were told off or maybe they sat down and explained why you've done something wrong it, I don't think it does actually make a difference to the outcome of whether that child is a, a good person I put that with inverted commas or, or not I think in reality it's the overall upbringing isn't it really, yeah, isn't it really? yeah yeah we've had a good insight into how we all deal with injury and whether discipline's got a link to how manly for dodgy word on this <laughs> podcast we are let's talk about something where there's even more of a, uh, a gender divide 
illness mm. that people say that men are less healthy than women we certainly die earlier we seem to have more symptoms i suspect there's a problem in how much we report our symptoms which increases our mortality in loads of conditions i wondered if men reported as much as women whether we'd match the mortality on, on lots of illnesses now injury yeah. you can't you can't hide your head's yeah. cut open you're on the rugby pitch done bang but Weird lump or cough that goes on for a while. Blokes are awful. Not me. I'm a hmm. hypochondriac. <laughs> what, what, I, I, I always say warriors survive the longest until they die of a stress-related heart. Let's <laughs> <laughs> see yeah. a, a study around there. Right, well, come on, Alex. Take yeah. that. Let's bring Dr. Alex first yeah. of all. Is it a cliche or is it true? You've seen hundreds of people... Are men awful at reporting symptoms? Do we leave it later? Is I think there's definitely a trend I, you know, within A&E, particularly about people who are of a certain age, not coming in when they're having symptoms like chest pains and things like that. You'll have like maybe a, someone young my age will come in, but particularly it seems older men won't come in when they're unwell. They're coming in grey, yeah. chest pain, clammy, vomiting everywhere, going, you are literally having a heart attack. Anyone could say that, but they've waited to the last minute to come in, yeah. which can be very costly. Mm. And I think this is, this is definitely... Costly, re- like their life. Yeah. Well, yeah. Yeah, really how much is it? How much is it? Doctor, bye bye. Yeah, exactly. Well, it's, yeah. it's the ultimate expense. Yeah. No, it is. The Grim Reaper will be delivering your Yeah. It is. 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 A birth defect, a, a bicuspid aorta, if you're interested, mm-hmm. Dr. Mm-hmm. Alex, leading to a stenosis. The aorta is the like the one that looks like the Mercedes yep. sign. So we've got mm. three flaps open and shut. If you've got one flap missing, it's going to tire 30% quicker than anyone else's. It means you're going to die between 30 and 60. My dad, being particularly fit, gets to 60. So he was doing anaerobic exercise, pumping the squats, mm. then getting breathless, walking from the car... And of course, the valve sticks, you get the ventricle, hypertrophy, gets bigger and bigger, bang, bomb goes off, gone. And if he'd have just opened his mouth in the right way for once, he would have been safe, right? Oh, I th- yeah. yeah, I think, you know, it's, it's, a, it's something we do see quite often. I yeah. really, and I, it's so I, I sad, think, it's so yeah. avoidable, those fatalities. Yeah. Sometimes it's things that, like, yeah, a mur- murder, like a chest pain thing, but sometimes, yeah, it's things like subtle things like breathless that they ignore or weight loss or, you know, maybe swollen, swollen difficulties. There can actually be signs of more sinister things that they don't come forward. Because mm. a lot of the times, if we catch things early, we can really do things. Medicine's very clever these days. We can do a lot about it. What, what is it about men, Uga? What Why? are we like that given we're so good at filming injuries like you're not someone yeah. on the pit I'll be drawing eyebrows on taking pictures yeah. posting it he broke his leg legend boasting about yeah. it why then can't, can't you, you find a lump on a it? testicle would you rather go to your grave than go to the doctor it's a really What's weird one on? I think we I hate using the phrase we want a man up kind of that's been instilled in you from school or whatnot and just wanting to get on and get on with things we want to have this appearance that we're bulletproof and nothing can penetrate this emotional like invisible force that we have and I did a show earlier this year and we had John Hartson it was the full Monty it was raising awareness of prostate cancer Mm. and John Hartson brilliant footballer back in his days really tough really aggressive and he was training he was elite he was elite footballer he had little like nodules on his testicles which he just ignored just nothing whatever kind of thing he felt well if I'm scoring goals every weekend I must be all right well anyway he ignored it for a couple of years he went from that uh cancer spreading through his lymph nodes so he then got testicular cancer lung cancer and cancer on his brain almost died said he got taken to hospital his um, wife's there his kids are there and uh, his eyes started rolling to the back of his head 
it's amazing. He's, he's live and he's well now, but the scarring on his head, he's written an amazing mm, book, his yeah, yeah, foundation. It's unbelievable. And it's great that he's alive to be able to tell that story, to actually get people to talk. And all it would have taken was him just speaking to a physio, going to the mm. doctor, what's this? But because of sheer ignorance and just wanting to be the big guy, the tough guy, he ended up almost dying. But I think there's another part to it. I think it's a bit of both. I think in in an elite sport, and it gets a little bit more complicated because if I go and tell my doctor on a Wednesday I'm not feeling great, that might put me at risk for playing at the weekend. And you then have a bit of time out. So if he went and said that he's got testicular cancer, he could have been out for a long while not getting treatment. Mm. That could then affect... The interesting thing is that for most, uh, intestinal cancer is one of the, and I say this very carefully, it's one of the best cancers in terms of if we catch it early, we can really cure it. And sometimes just by literally removing the testicle. It's an isolated system just hanging there off your body. Catch it early enough, you sort it out. Let's be honest here, right? What I do for a living, I'm a comedian, right, if you can believe that. But I (laughs) I know what's funny. I know what people take the piss out of. I know what jokes are made out of. And my opinion is this. Yes, it's a combination of a little bit of fear, a little bit of big man, but men have a thing where it's a bit of a joke. Oh, I'm not going to go and have a finger shoved up. You're going to have a prostate exam. Hey, you're something wrong with your bollock. There's something silly about it. Yeah. I'm not trying to trivialise it. Mm. I'm just saying the only... Pers- sure. I can't give a doctor or a sportsman's perspective. I can give a comic's perspective. And the jokes that are cracked are balls and bum holes and that. So there's something funny about it. And because it's funny and silly, you don't want to do it. Because mm. you feel humid. Mm. I mean, trying to get a guy to go for a prostate exam... Forget it. Fifty yeah. percent of men just they, they will put it off. You know, but for, for someone like, for me, it's such a routine thing to do. Yeah. I mean, it's just something that's part of the career. And they come and think they almost really nervous about it. Well, to me, it's not a big deal at all. I know, mm. you know, it's something that people get very worried about. But actually, it could really save your life. We pick something up important. The, like, the language know. is funny. You say testicles in a room full of blokes, and we're all like, yeah. it's a serious subject. I'm trying not to laugh. <gasps> I'm, I'm, like, yeah. I'm laughing at yeah. the word balls. Yeah, yeah. this is this is where we're at, AJ. Yeah. I mean, it's funny. It's funny. I know. I'm thirty-five. I'm laughing. Yeah, but when a girl goes, I'm going for a smear it's like it's it's just done it's serious yeah. medical language oh, is a yeah. bit invasive but girls know post jay goody particularly yeah it's essential so there is a difference there right you, there if you, if you're in the and shower and you find a lump you don't let them a good don't get my boob out of the doctors oh my, oh my gosh we're like very straight away like <laughs> get checked up mm. on everything like really regularly mm. my dad sadly had prostate cancer luckily pulled through mm. but that was because of severe nagging from my mum and eventually mm. my mum just called the doctor and booked him in he was never gonna go and she was constantly like you're really going to the toilet quite a lot and he was like That's what so I, what I'm like a big deal and he's just like you know he was saying I'm old I drank a lot of water that day mm. or whatever and there was always an excuse for months and months and months she was just like it's not right you know I'm having I'm having the worst night's sleeps because your dad's just up and down and up and down and up and down eventually got him to the doctors and he had prostate cancer and the way he was I was like dad like yeah. I was we was like angry at him because we was like you've just not been listening but you know what I find interesting in men and you've just come off a show where it's exemplified even more sorry yeah it, mm. yeah even more so are you talking to Alex yeah, yeah Alex so it's a case where men are actually health conscious because everyone on that show wanted to look healthy Mm. Mm. they wanted a six pack they wanted so they're working out every day I'm sure I'm sure they worked up until they actually got into the villa so men are aware of going to the gym working out looking great but in terms of more than skin deep not interested so it's so contradictory how we want to work out look fit but is it do we want to keep fit to look fit 
but actually keep and why? check your health and your ticker. Why? I mean, Alex is saying it's a generational thing. You see these guys in their 60s having heart attacks. Is it? Is a 25-year-old guy that finds a lump on his testicle more likely to go to the doctors now than he was 30 years ago? I don't think so, actually. No. I, I think, think, people I think are, we're just as awful. I think they're getting better, but I think there's still a huge... It's still a huge problem. And I think a good example is that I worked in a sexual health clinic, and we'd say, obviously, men and women, and I... It was... Worlds apart, if a lady comes in, they're very happy to talk about their sexual history, what tests they've had, if they need an examination, we do the examination. For most part, no problem whatsoever. I have a guy come in and talking about the same same kind of questions, really kind of shut down and maybe not always as open as they could be. And then it comes to an examination, it's oh I don't want to do that, I don't know what you're gonna do and really worried about it. Yeah. And I think that is that is an interesting it's crazy, obvious isn't it? difference. with all the, ma- yeah. the man gender, the yeah. the warriors that go mm. that they get knocked out on the mm. rugby pitch mm. and they get po- photos of it. Mm. Go and see Dr. Alex in the sexual health thing. I, I think sexual that. health is an area that we do. Uh, for me, I think you know I'm really focused on that. I want to make people more comfortable talking about. It. I think mm. men are particularly uncomfortable. Give us, about some, it. Give us some. Not giving mm. away any identities, mm. but some case studies, some interesting case studies, some men you saw, some things that happen. Or I've seen you know guys who've come into the clinic openly talk about having sex with you know a, a lot of other males and females and haven't had a test for, for three or four years, but then haven't used condoms at all and, and it's interesting because they, they come in really really worried that they've caught something but then they were too scared to come from all that time to get the checkup yeah. but then don't want to use the condom so there's oh, there's all sorts of different issues within that what the hell is and going think, on there though we're not yeah. wanting to use a condom with someone you just met is it some Darwinian thing where we're like, you know what, I know the risks, but I will be dust in 80 years, sod it, sow the seed, and, and something short circuits in the brain? So I'd mm. It can't be that thick. I had you? a friend of mine who had a girlfriend. He cheated on her, and then he went to sexual health clinic. He thought he was being responsible. Well, he was being responsible. He went, fortunately for him, the test came back and he, it was negative. He then got in a cycle where he thought he was, like, invincible, so he kept just sleeping around. But, yeah. but he had to no. keep yeah, going it's, back it's to sexual health It wouldn't clinic. be bad as a superpower goes, would it? That's it. I can cheat, never be caught. Yeah, That's it. Fine. He went back every Sunday, and he got to the point where he was getting embarrassed, and people, the same doctor, same nurse, was saying, so what are you doing back here? And he started lying, he was like... I think my girlfriend's cheating on me. Oh, oh my god! So this is this is something I've, I've thought. Race. This is what I thought Alex was nudging towards. Men, <laughs> men are telling a version that they want to be the truth yeah. to a complete stranger. Yeah. I'm sorry, yeah. but no. That's not okay. I swear. Oh, no, it's not okay. Okay. It's more common than you think. I think, I think that what Alex <laughs> is getting at the sexual health clinic is the men are already telling Thinking what they of... want to be the truth mm. as a way of getting the guilt out. So even a, a stranger, a doctor, they'll never see again. They're not going to say I went to Latvia and no. slept with a prostitute. They're going to make up some more digestible yeah. version of the story, right? Yeah. I think, you know, the interesting thing, you know, with condoms, a lot of men don't use condoms. What, Why? Condom- what's what, the, are what's condoms issue? unsexy? Girl answer first. Be honest. This is... Right. Before, let's be honest here, right? It they are, get, aren't they? Look, they, they are. are. They kill the virus a little it. bit. Do you know what I mean? Like, you're getting down to it, and then it's like, oh, just a sec. And then you can't open it. And then it's a bit fiddly. Mm. And then you're like, oh. That's too small. I, I think this is. <laughs> <laughs> Jumbo! <laughs> Just cut a or I think that is a really good point. I think. They think people get nervous, don't yeah. they? And yeah. they think that they're going to yeah. lose the hard on in the time that it takes to open this condom, etc., etc. I think so I, it is a bit of a yeah. mood killer. The, the, the whole talk about the, the feeling sensation using condoms, I'm not sure what it comes down to. I think you yeah. actually hit it way more on the head. The men are worried about what the women are going to think about them saying, I'm going to use a condom and then I think in some ways women are sometimes afraid of saying well actually you need you need to wear a condom I actually 
actually think, from a female perspective, it is so sexy when a guy is safe. Mm. Okay. Do you agree that it's a bit of a mood killer? It does slow things down a little bit. Particularly if you head and inflate it like that. <laughs> but what is also... <laughs> what is a definite mood killer is a gonorrhea that you can't cure with antibiotics. Exactly. <laughs> and I think that, yeah. I think that definitely... Genital warts aren't very sexy. So you go out, just say tonight, you meet a guy, you're chatting away, he goes back to yours. And then then you're in bed. And and then he pulls then he pulls out a condom, he's fully prepped. Are you thinking? Yes. Oh, how question. are you? The, why did you go out of a condom in your pocket? Is that Good. because you're expecting sex, or are you thinking I've heard he's guys smart? Say that in the past. He's safe. Yes, I just think AJ. he's smart. He's safe. I'll be honest. What? If I was yeah. like AJ, I think like, he's a player. If, AJ, if I like we've been okay. friends for years, I'm taking you to Pizza Express. I'm suddenly single, and you're like, oh babe, he goes, what do you order? I like, I'd like some doubles, and a condom flew out of my wallet. Come on, man, date would be over. Do you know what I mean? It's true. <laughs> it's Shut up, AJ. Don't lie. Come not on. on this programme. Don't you lie on this programme. Not <laughs> here. If, 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 I, if we were out first date and I was like, yeah, I'll have a sloppy Giuseppe and a condom just dropped out of my wallet. Do you know what? I, I think maybe it's because I don't sleep with people on the first date, guys. Do you know what I mean? Mm. Or second. Or even third. So forget it, guys. Yeah. Don't even bother packing your condoms. <laughs> but, but if but you how, do pack them, come in. Because what if I'm up for it? But how do you think a girl would view that, honestly? Like, you pull out a condom. You, you're, you're prepared, but is he too prepared? That's a bit. That's uh, almost too These are one of the many slick. things that guys worry. They worry, they worry about whether it's, it's going to be sexy. They worry about whether they're going to be judged for having a condom. Yeah. They worry if I use a condom, when I become floppy halfway through, will I not be able to have sex? Yeah. <laughs> but it's things that you know. But it's quite a serious thing. You, you know, guys worry about. It. And we need I'm to. Sorry, I laughed at the word floppy. Really I'm, 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 <laughs> just, I'm just backing up what we're saying. I think If I went back to a girl's house and she went into a bedside drawer and she had like an assortment of condoms, I'd be like. She's been, why is that? Why is that? Why is that? One type. If it was like, do you want small, medium, or large? Just give me an Uber. I'm gone. I'm not selecting from your but size range. Right? I mean, Am I right in saying this? That when you do go and visit a sexual health clinic, they offer you some free condoms. Absolutely. Yeah. And you get not one free condom, but you get a bag. You Many. get an assortment of condoms. She might have just, you know, popped in, checked herself out, she's good to go, and keep it that way with this bag of Johnny's. Yeah, yeah I know. Like um, MOT and then back out on yeah. the track. Well, no, you're saying that. How would you feel, though? So you'd rather. Was, so you would no. rather a woman didn't have condoms. No, no, no. I'm, I'm not saying that. It, there's just the element where I'm like, you were so well prepped. Like you're active. Like you. So that's good. I think that's really. I think that's a good thing. Is well. But what? Say, say, very honest there. Mm. I don't know if you meant to say it, but let's be honest here. There is amongst men a prejudice. If you go back to a girl's house, she's like, right, lube's there on the second shelf. There's condom. You can go for your pre-shower first. You're like, hang on a second. How many men have passed through Houston? Do you know what I mean? Uh, it's awful it's interesting like, this no, is the, the way around. to be it's real like, right way, you know lads 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 if it's exactly. the other way around it's very interesting isn't it? and it's <laughs> like, you are you make it very whereas it would be much safer if girls girls were like always carry condom that yeah. would decide it but at the same time there's a prejudice there because if you see a girl that carries a condom yeah. you the prejudice works the other way and girls have a much more uphill struggle against promiscuity absurdly still in 2018 this, no. is, this is brilliant I no, think this conversation is brilliant it, because is. It, it brings out so, so many issues really and, and really we all should carry condoms we should all insist on in using condoms with, well. with partners we should do that and actually we should all realise that people who carry condoms are doing it for the right reason you know yeah, exactly. there's so many issues because I always 
always just think, like I said, I think it's very sexy. I think it's very attractive, it's actually. Sexy. Yeah, I really do. I'm always turned on more by a guy who I've just started seeing. And yep. he is... What about a lube and holster? He's, is a lube holster? Is it too much if you've got a holster with lubes in? <laughs> I think I think the lube might be a bit much, especially if you've not had sex before. It's sort yeah. of like, but why do we need we this? You don't know if we need it yet. I'm the fast sluber in the West. <laughs> Yeah. I but, just think we should all be carrying just off his chair so what <laughs> sorry just the base put it on the floor and boom walk in alright guys we have to take a quick break I mean if we are sort of still in the audience and in you very much are we're going to take a quick break and this is a new world so we are very lucky at Boys Don't Cry to have a nice manly sponsor normally I don't have a clean shaven guest who can join me in celebrating Harry's razors today I do I'm looking through you Udo hairy bastard <laughs> but me and, me and Alex we know what the ladies like they love a cleanly shaven Clark Kent, isn't it? That's you know, it. Clean shaven, yes, isn't Clark it? Kent. Except you just stay as Superman twenty four seven. I stay as Clark. <laughs> <laughs> I'm nerdy. I never actually put the cape on, but I love prime numbers. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> Harry's razors, weighted ergonomic handle. That's what I'm talking about. Five precision engineered blades with a lubricating strip. Hello, and a trimmer blade. Yes, they're for men, but girls will steal them and use them as well, and then ruin them, and then pretend they've never used them. Uh, you also get a travel blade cover off when you're out and about and your post cold. So get started shaving with Harry's today by claiming your trial set for £3.95. Uh, support our podcast. You can get it delivered to you. There'll be a razor handle, five-blade cartridge, foaming shave gel, travel blade cover. Go to harrys.com forward slash Russell Kane right now. That's harrys.com forward slash Russell Kane. If that wasn't enough, here's something else you can get for less than £3.95 from Joe. It's free. Hello and welcome to Unfiltered. Hello and welcome to Unfiltered. Hello and welcome to Unfiltered. It's a long-form interview series where we get inside the minds of some of the most interesting people from the worlds of entertainment, sport, politics and the media. Each week we spend an hour finding out what makes them tick, why they do what they do and maybe even have a bit of a laugh along the way. Unfiltered is available everywhere you get podcasts, so subscribe now and get yourself at the front of the queue for each and every new episode. Thank you very much, James O'Brien. And James, by the way, please come on here. I'm sick of hearing you find out what other people think. I want to know what you think. Anyway, we're back. It's Boys Don't Cry. And the panel are smashing it like Greeks with a plate at a wedding. We've got Hugo Monnier, uh, We've got Dr. Alex George, my favourite Love Island person. I mean, it's a, it's, you're so much more than the programme already. But people need... A, a, like a medical guru but mm. from has come out of that world and gone here I am I've jumped out of Love Island allow me to examine you <laughs> I mean, it must that doesn't sound weird but yeah it, it must be much. a punani tsunami your, <laughs> your Instagram must just go error error every time you go into it's your DMs it. well actually when I actually had my phone that came out of the island with I actually exploded when I turned it on so I had to buy a new one <laughs> it, it just came through it just died it was an old <laughs> Apple it was iPhone I 6 it, it literally died I spent months going and I, in fact I've done two festivals this weekend I've spoke about you twice both festivals Leeds and uh, Lost Village and both festivals I was like how can we live in a society where the last person to pull is the person that could restart a toddler's heart in the playground <laughs> and the first person to pull is a pen salesman from Kent <laughs> send help well, to well he United does have Kingdom. the great teeth and he's got a lot of chats so I think that's what Jack's have you been getting stuck in this since you've left I don't know it's been such a world I haven't I haven't actually been on any dates have you not been on one date no. 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 I've always wanted to ask a doctor I'll tell you something I've always wanted to ask I'm a comedian 
comedian, which means when I go to the comedy club now, I can only enjoy sketch or something like very surreal, something that I can't do. When a doctor goes to bed with a woman or a man, surely there must be that anatomizing part of your brain. Yeah. As, as I can tell by the frequency of the pulsations that orgasm is imminent. <laughs> it must that must yeah. go off. T minus one minute. Yeah. <laughs> no, I think, I think that's just, why I was like, just Samira, what bit. are you doing at the beginning? He could probably just touch one of your cell and you'll be like, <laughs> <laughs> like a tsunami of squirting or something. Oh my god. Uh, I, I definitely not like that. Mm. It must be a <laughs> This is so funny. No, no, I've always wanted to ask a doctor this. I've always, I've never had the courage to say like a girl's like would you let me take your clothes off nothing special for me but if you must strip do <laughs> I mean you do know what things are obviously more than maybe <laughs> yeah. I'm not looking for a boob on a foot like yeah, yeah, yeah. where's the nipple that's my yeah, toe yeah, damn it wrong place yeah. start again because yeah. I remember giving my missus so we oh, bloody hell so um, no no did you have to get her to stand behind you and you pass your dick to her like a rock <laughs> <laughs> catch this <laughs> but, but during her labour I ended up effectively giving her a team talk it does not work it <laughs> oh doesn't work so, so all the bits and pieces which you hear from like your coach at half time before the game and the rest of it so she's just breathing I was just talking through some breathing techniques all the rest of it and she's like oh I don't know what's happening it's like babe just control the controllables control the controllables I was telling her to control the controllables she was just like, sh- like I'm having a baby like, fuck off get so out so who of was it. the oppositional team the contractions were like were like was like South Africa <laughs> yeah I mean the op- I, I'm, yeah, that's good actually because it was fairly aggressive so maybe it's the all blacks and she was making and she was going and like she was doing the hucker so, <laughs> so she was effectively playing for the all blacks but giving your wife a team talk like a fully fledged team talk while she's in labour high rate 200 it doesn't Works. Did you do a handoff? Yeah, I handed her off. Well, she handed me off actually. <laughs> then I went down the business end, delivered, done. And it must be hard for a rugby oh player when you catch God. the baby not to pass it to the midwife. Spin, spin, Hey, babe, on Instagram live. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it was fun. Well, fun for me, not so much for her. No. So have you, have you delivered any babies then? Yeah, I have. I worked on uh, a labour ward for four or five months. I absolutely loved it. I think it's just amazing. Like, yeah. you know, this incredible. is the one women wheel out all the time okay this is the prejudice we have to put up with guys you guys don't i'm doing aj's voice don't know what pain is women give birth that's real pain men will never know what pain is is this true alex do women have a higher pain threshold than men i think pain is unique to everyone i I see people with certain say for example an injury and you and one person will be sat there screaming their heads off and the other person will be sat there completely fine and not always necessarily related to to their gender but you know there's no doubt like giving birth is incredibly painful could men do deal with let's just pretend it's anatomically mm, mm, mm. anatomically Anatomy possible, possible to give yeah. birth could men do it i think men could do it they'd have to kind of let some of their kind of you know yeah yeah, yeah I'm, I'm too tough and then kind of crying all over the floor go but yeah they would be all right i think i think we'd, I think we'd manage it until you have a baby i think you'd never know how painful it is isn't it so when and you know, not, your friends have dropped a sprog and uh, that's what describe the pain to you oh all of my mates oh. have sprogged out sorry, <laughs> sorry. <laughs> i mean uh have anyone spoke to you about pain <laughs> <laughs> wrong question <laughs> yeah everyone it's, it's quite funny because my Ghanaian mate veronica was like I don't know what all in my mind about. she's Glaswegian or something or a comedy actor she, but she's from Blackburn Lancashire like, as well we're the only ones and she was like um, I don't get it it was just so easy like her labour was really quick yeah. and for her it was really like it's so like, pain free it's so it was like my mate Emma described it as she was like it's like the worst period pain in your life that doesn't sound also, that bad 
Excuse me. Penguins are very, very, very painful. If I said, said, right, I'm going to go and play rugby and voodoo and get knocked out and wake up being filmed or I can have a bad period pain. What would you do? I'd have the bad period, period pain. 100%. Oh, what? oh double even, drop from two of us. On. Okay, now I've not, I've not been knocked out, but what I imagine getting knocked out in the way that you got knocked out is like, bang, quick shot You wouldn't know anything, would you? You pain. were out cold, it's gone. You're just out <laughs> cold, and that's that. Yeah, but yeah, then your neurons and IQ get reset, according to Alex. Yes. Yeah. Ego couldn't do maths for a year. No, yeah, but that's not painful, is it? <laughs> that's not painful. You're just missing a it few seconds. It is painful being bullied for being rubbish at maths. And <laughs> but but how long, were, you, were you were in pain when you came round, though, weren't I you? I was in pain, yeah. How long were you in pain for? For a while, like, you got my... I mean, okay, I'm, so you're... I am not now not comparing this to giving birth by no, the way we should but because this is a show about men, we can't experience that I'd love to grow a baby I'd love to feed a baby in my lifetime it's probably not going to ha- happen mm. right mm. so all we can do is compare mm. our typical yeah. gender experiences mm. of pain and control well, so, right, I mean, right, right, so you go right yeah. so your message you've got a young one right yeah. so well, you young miss, not a young missus just to be clear no, she, a young child a young child 18 months right oh. so this applies to both of you okay. great so did your partners breastfeed yeah okay so yes. you First, have probably ex- okay. uh, experienced until the, colostrum, pro, pro until the colostrum had extinguished then we struggled by right it. so you've oh, you've experienced both of your wives saying to you my tits are really sore they feel really tender my nipples are bleeding one of my best mates had blisters on her nipple I mean that does not sound good to me this is after her fanny has literally been ripped apart by a child coming through it and you're just like this is awful (laughs) and it doesn't even it doesn't even get any easier if you've had a c-section you know the way that you described it Dr Alex on Love Island was ridiculous it's like you have to do this cut you have to tear it up and it's even interesting people after see C-section C-section. as the easy option isn't it yeah. actually people get so much pain, pain afterwards. I should say that for most people pain can be well controlled in pregnancy whether you C-section or well, what's typically said a natural birth yeah. within virtual but, but, but it's still a major abdominal surgery there's two things I want to talk about here A I don't know how we got on C-section but I suppose <laughs> men I was trying to explain this to someone over the weekend as a woman was having a go at me she's like look you guys you can have everything you can't have birth and pregnancy that's mm. our topic and I so what I said to her is like, if you got imagine like being so emotionally involved with something that has mm. nothing to do with your body, it is quite confusing for a bloke. I'm not suggesting it's <laughs> physically traumatic, yeah. But to be a shit assistant manager for a year, just stood at the side feeling useless, but feel totally overwhelmed, is an odd contrast. It is leading. There was a report just last week to a lot of mental health issues in men, some postnatal stuff in men, which we daren't discuss because we haven't given birth. Right? Yeah. Doesn't count. That's one thing. Secondly, That's there is, is there not, Alex? So, Lindsay, my wife, had a C-section, mm-hmm. and she actually had real women, inverted commas, come up and go, you're so lucky, babe, that all you had was a cesarean section. That's awful. So lucky. Now, when yeah. those girls mm-hmm. had finished picking up their teeth from the floor, they thought about what they'd said. Whoa. So there's a hierarchy of pain yeah. is what I'm talking yeah. about, right? Yeah. They bring it back to, to men, you, you know, the perception of what something is seen, the value that's put on that is quite interesting. Like, I passed a kidney stone, and I can say it's, 
bloody painful. That's probably now the that's worst thing ever. More painful than birth. Would you back that statement up? I could say I what can't imagine women? a much more pain in my life. Oh, no. There must be women that have passed a kidney stone and given birth. But yeah, who have said that? It's, I've heard people say that it's, it's very similar levels of pain. Yeah, there you it go. Is painful. Birth is as bad as a kidney stone. Therefore, it's men can cool. take it. They can take proof it. that men could give birth because Alex has birth. I imagine. I imagine <laughs> that anyone could get through any level of pain if mm. they know that the reward is a child as well. It's like you guys mm. getting kicked in the ball. You're not going to get kicked in the balls just for lols, but if you had a beautiful daughter at the end of it, you'd be like, Do you know what, that was really no, no. painful. But I think the rule of that, I'm considering childless, <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I don't know, a kick in the nose. It's funny you should mention, it's the one thing we haven't spoken about, because it is one of the single most painful things with least impact that can happen to a man yeah. is to be kicked in the nuts. I mean, we, how, how we've missed this, I don't know. When I was 19, there's a thing called Nadage. Nadage. It's where someone came up to you and just flicked one of your nuts and ran off. They go, Nadage, and you'd get flicked on the nuts. You'd be like, Ugh. a nut flick is awful, isn't it? It's horrific. It's absolutely <laughs> horrific. I'm, I'm certainly not trying to compare this to childbirth mm. once again. Yeah, no, compare it. They get nuts. Because I actually think a lot of the trouble actually kind of occurs when females and males try and compare that, yeah. oh, we've done this, that that can't be as bad as yeah. this one, not. And I remember with my missus, she had a baby about a week, so I've got three prolapse discs on the bottom of my spine, and it's just like plagued me my whole career. That's quite late into the recording to bring out the most impressive injury. Yeah, yeah. That, that, I mean, it's it's not great. So when, when we brought a baby home, the missus was doing everything, she was like breastfeeding, so I was just dog's body, I was like her going and doing the food shop, and I was doing everything that I could to support her, and in doing that and in our bath, I was bathing our child every single night, but in bending over and doing that, my back kept going into spasm oh, no. so a week after and she had birth, she's given birth, you're like, oh my back's quite from helping you you get knocked out <laughs> I got a physio come to the house to give me a massage she was furious <laughs> of course and I was like I'm sure you're sore but also my back's in spasm <laughs> like, there's mean. nothing I can do about it and you're pulling the face and it's like she was exactly the same she was like I cannot believe a week after I've given birth you're going to matter and I was like there's no need to compare my injury with yeah. what you've gone through but the prejudice of pain I need it like, <laughs> I, I was like I literally can't function but it's she couldn't get her head around there's yeah. a, one last one last thing and we have to do we have to talk about the bleakest of all subjects to finish? Death, of course. Do men approach the end of life differently to women? Is there no difference? Is it the great unifier that brings us together at the end? Do you notice a gender difference here? Or is, is it the great unifying leveller? I think everyone actually reacts differently when it comes to facing death and knowing maybe you're in the last days or weeks of life. I think actually... Yeah, I think it's, it's in an individual basis. Maybe that mm. genocide's taken away because all your concerns or your all your all the things that you, oh, I don't want, you know, am I going to find out I got something wrong with that? You know that there's something going wrong, something wrong, and you, you maybe are aware that you're coming to the end of your life. So I actually think it depends on that person, and it really there's comes a, down. There's to definitely that, an yeah. age difference, though. I so think like someone in their twenties or thirties gets ill reacts a lot different to someone in their eighties that gets ill. I was just going to say actually that at the moment my mum's starting to talk very matter of fact about death. She's been talking about the fact that no matter what, she wants to get buried in Nigeria. That she's already got the funds to fly her dead body back to Nigeria when that happens. When her body is back in Nigeria, this is where it needs to be buried. And I think that's an age thing as well. She's just getting a bit older. And my dad, exactly the same thing. When he got diagnosed with prostate cancer, it was like, right, let's sort out the bill. Let's do this. Let's do that. And they just get, I think sometimes in later life, people just get sensible. They sort of try and remove the emotion and they're like, okay, this is really sad, but I just need to put a few things in place before I um, peg it. 
chatting to my dad last week and he lost his brother two weeks ago. And I was chatting to him and he was like, oh, I feel really sad. All the rest of it, we had a good conversation about it. And then the level of perspective, it was such a massive gear change. Mm. He started talking to me about how much he appreciates me and this and that. And I was a bit like waiting for the end of the conversations for him to be like, actually, I've got this going on. But it wasn't. It was just the sheer understanding and, and acceptance. And we all accept we're going to die. Like no one's ever lived forever. But but don't you think men are slightly worse that? Like we have to have like the near death heart attack or an uncle yeah. or a brother yeah. die before we. Absolutely. Before always face up to some responsibility yeah. or something we do wrong whereas yeah. the women it's certainly in my life tend to naturally mm. become more circumspect yeah. as they age without mm. the near-death heart attack whereas mm. i've got a couple of bastard men in my family arseholes their whole life they'd survive a heart attack and come out of it you yeah. know christians yeah and it takes it takes <laughs> that, that moment that, of, of seeing you know divide, looking looking death in the eye if you like and and realizing you've, you've nearly passed away that that then makes you change all the things you knew wrong everyone knows most people would know that smoking's bad drinking too much alcohol alcohol's bad being overweight is bad, but it takes sometimes that personal experience for you to go, actually, I need to change something and yeah. I need to do it fast. So it does, it does happen. Is there a gender difference in the fear of death? Because the statistics would suggest there are, Alex. So last mm. week we, we were talking about cheating. The other week we were talking about cheating and something came out which surprised me. The decade of a man's life where he's most likely to cheat is his 70s if he's in a long-term relationship. <laughs> so a man in a long-term relationship, <laughs> what, most, what wow. does that tell you? That tells you there's something in men that's more likely towards the end of life panic panic what haven't i achieved call it sexist mm. call it patriarchal society of men doing stuff but a panic of what i've not done but not a fear of death itself mm. of the pain of death but the fear of not doing i bet you if we mm. did a linguistic analysis mm. the women might speak about lost loves and relationships more and i know how horrific and sexist this sounds but i can only give you the stats and the men would talk in terms of done this done that right is that a mm. fair comment in your anecdotal experience or not yeah i think you know there is there's some element of that i think that is fair it's crazy man i mean I, we can't, we literally can't go any further unless you want to go into afterlife yeah, well, I think that's a big p- part of it. Oh, here I we think, go. No, no, we're talking about podcasting. Faith. No, but genuinely, faith, faith and people who believe in afterlife, it does give them some sort of comfort towards the end of their life, I think. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, we are out of time. Thank you for being an awesome panel. We have gone deep, silly, rude, tender. It's gone absolutely everywhere from illness and injury. This happens every week. So thank you very much to my panel. That's it from Boys Don't Cry this week. Thanks to my guest, Dr. Alex George, Hugo Monier and AJ Adudu. If you've missed an episode, then you can go back and listen via iTunes or wherever you get your podcasts. Don't forget to subscribe and leave a review if you liked it. If you didn't, then you can fuck off because I've got nothing for you and I hope you're in pain. Mm-hmm.